Welcome to Crossbridge. You may be seated. In my uh, daily Bible reading this morning, I read from uh, Proverbs 30. And uh, several times it mentions in there, there are three things that are never satisfying. And there are three things, and after everything it said, there were three things, and then when it goes back to writing, it says, no, there's four. And it, it repeats this several times in Proverbs 30, and I thought about our pastor. He's not here today, but what can we say about him? He loves Jesus Christ. He's passionate about it. He loves his family and his church extended family. He loves the Denver Broncos, and he loves to hunt and fish. Now, I may not have those in the right order, but I think I've got them close. But uh, anyway, it's a, it's a great time that uh, he can get away with family, and those of you who deer hunt and are passionate about deer hunting, you, you probably understand his passion. But anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day that you brought us. Lord, we thank you for life itself. May we never, ever forget the blessings, God, that uh, you have blessed this congregation and us individually with. Lord, we pray that uh, you would continue to reach out and guide and direct in our lives. Help us, Lord, to understand the message and, and to build on it within our Christian life today. As Earl brings that, Lord, may we recognize who you are and what we can have through your Son, Jesus Christ. Bless this congregation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, we'll have our welcoming time now for, uh, I guess I maybe shouldn't have had you sit down, but uh, <laughs> you can get back up in about five minutes. We'll be back. Amen. Good morning. Good, how are you doing? Thank you.
There's a grace when the heart is on fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between what it used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There's another in the fire. There's another in the water, holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free? There's a cross that there's no burden, but another died for me. There's another in the fire. team this morning. Thank you, Ace. Uh, you may be seated this time, and uh, we'll go through a few, Stand few back announcements. Up. Uh, let's see. Uh, Saturday night, 
freeway from uh, 530, uh, the dinner starts and service follows that. Wednesday night, dinner starts at 6 p.m. Classes start at 6.45 for families and young adults. Uh, men's ministry is on for tonight, correct, Max, at 6 o'clock. Uh, men's Bible study tonight. Uh, Crossbridge Thanksgiving meal. Dana and Jeannie have uh, some announcements. So first of all, um, Friday night we're having a bonfire at our house um, because the last fall fest we couldn't. So Friday night about 6 o'clock, if you guys want to come by, we're going to actually light that thing on fire. Um, so it should be interesting. Never seen a fire that big in my life. Um, so I'm excited for that. And um, we'll have some s'mores, and if I guess there's hot dogs too. We have some left, so we'll see. Maybe. Okay, um, and then on Thanksgiving, which is going to be next Sunday, and we need you to bring food about 5 o'clock. What we're going to have is churches providing the meat and pies. So we're going to start handing out a sign-up sheet for you guys today to sign up for something. We'd appreciate it if you would bring something so that we have everything covered, um, and then we will fill in whatever we need to fill in. And after that, we have a variety show. So if you want to be in the talent show, variety show, it's going to be basically right after dinner when we're eating desserts. So we also have a sign-up for that. If you could bring your side dishes downstairs, that's where we'll be dropping those off. You can drop those off at 5, between 5 and 5.30. The goal is to start eating at 5.30. Questions, anyone? There will be pie. Go ahead, Ricky. Pardon? Twenty four oh one Turnbow Road. Okay, on to the next. By the way, when the talent show, I was kind of scanning the congregation when they announced the talent show. Trey's the only one that was smiling, so he's got to have a talent. But anyway, uh, new members class has started downstairs. For those of you who are new members, uh, women's Christmas party, December the 9th. Put that on your calendar, ladies, December the 9th. Here at the church, ugly ornament exchange, devotion, dinner, dessert, and games. Um, women's breakfast this week. Wednesday at Grillo's. And uh, yes, a sign up for the women's Christmas party there. Okay, are. Are there any other announcements? Did I did I cover it all? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh let's all stand and we will uh we'll take up the offering. Uh, Trey, if you would play pray over the offering, please.
good. So in honor of the veterans this week, I guess, is uh, I want to just give them a round of applause, right? Like, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today if it wasn't for them, guys. We're riding on their backs. So um, the battle hymn seems to be pretty uh, going with that flow, so. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He has trampled out the vantage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He had lost the faithful lighting of his terrors with the sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah.
seated and and uh man i got his name what is your uh, earl man earl's gonna come preach to us i even went and asked him for his name give him a big round of applause would you appreciate him coming and preaching for before he does i forget this every time but the kids can go to children's church those yeah get out of here i mean oh <laughs> back here. We were here earlier this summer, uh, back when the weather was better. I am not a wintertime person. I prefer heat over cold any day. Uh, when, when we were on our way here this morning, we were listening to the radio, and uh, there was a song on the radio talking of God. Uh, there's nothing that's greater than Him. There's nothing better than on a Sunday morning than being in a house with God's people. We really enjoy that. We enjoy getting to meet new people and, and going around to different churches. But uh, when Jeff called me about this and said what he was going to be doing today, I said, well, Jeff, my sermon is going to be on the evils of missing church to go to deer camp. <laughs> he thought that was a good idea. I, however, did not because I miss my fair share of church as well. And every preacher needs time away with his family. Uh, so I won't do that today. Today we're going to talk about our identity. I'm not talking about the identity crisis we're going through in this country right now. I'm talking about our identity in Christ. Did you ever feel like you kind of lost your identity in Christ? I have. You know, I've wandered, uh, it seems like, in the, in the wilderness at times when I just couldn't figure out what it was God had for me. But we're bombarded daily by advertisements, whether you watch TV or read or on the internet, we're bombarded by advertisements that try to tell us who we are. They question our roles in the traditional family, in our community. They tell the men not to be so masculine as fathers and husbands and women, not to be so caring as mothers and wives. They just try to, to they're trying to change everything about us in our Christian life. According to Barner Research, when people were asked what makes up their identity, my religious faith came in third at 38%. Number one was uh, my family, and number two was being American. Now, I enjoy being American, and to a certain point, being an American defines how I act and the things I expect in my life, but they do not define my identity in Christ because there's plenty of Christians who are not American. The faith made the top three, but it was a distant third. Career was also in the top five. How many of us are defined by our careers? If I walked up to you today and I said, who are you? You would give me your name. You might probably go ahead and give me your career. In America, we love our careers. We love what we do for a living. And if somebody asked me what I do 
I would tell him, I'm a dispatcher for Show Me Power. Why do I not say, I Christian? Christian should be a verb. We're not called to be sitting on our haunches doing nothing. We're called to action. The self-help book industry is a billion-dollar industry. You can buy a book that tries to explain everything about your life. Uh, Melinda and I have bought our fair share as we were raising kids because I think 90% of those are how to raise kids. Uh, How to raise a strong-willed child, she's sitting here today. Not by the grace of a book, but by the grace of God. But we can only have two identities. There's only two possibilities that we can have in this life. That's either a child of God or not a child of God. That's the only two we can have. And that determines where we go when we leave this world. We're either going to heaven or we're going to hell. And that's a choice we have to make here. When that day comes, it's too late. But let's talk about Moses. Melinda, uh, I, I preach out of the Old Testament a lot. I love the Old Testament because I love, I love reading it. I love the, the way things were back then. But Moses, out of all the people in the Bible, to me, had the most uh, justification in having some sort of an identity crisis, if you look at the way his life went. He was born a Hebrew when they were captive in Egypt. When the, the Israelites started outnumbering the Egyptians, the king decided that all the young boys would be killed. So when the midwives wouldn't do it, they sent out the soldiers to do it. And so Moses was put in a basket and basically turned over to Pharaoh's daughter where he became an Egyptian. Not only did he become an Egyptian, but he became an Egyptian prince and worked his way up through the ranks. But he could never get rid of his heritage because when he seen an Egyptian attacking an Israelite, he killed the Egyptian. Then he hid the body and tried to hide the fact that it had happened. But it got found out, so he fled. Pharaoh wanted to kill him. Pharaoh wanted him for murder. So as he left, he went to a place called Midian, where he married a priest's daughter and stayed for about 40 years and tended his father-in-law's sheep. This is where we'll pick up on Moses' life as he uh, turns to talk to, the, to God in the burning bush. It'll be in uh, Exodus 3, 7 through 14. I'm reading out of the New King James. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them. I need to wait. I hear a lot of pages turning. I get in a hurry. I'm sorry. I'll start that over. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Join me in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this house of of your people, Lord, that uh, have come out to worship you today. Lord, just uh, give me the words to say. Forgive me of my sins. Get me out of the way and let your word do what it needs to do. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen. I want to make three points about Moses' life and, and how that affects us, how that would affect us today. 
The first point I want to make is that, as with Moses, God may change your purpose or your calling, but he will not change your identity. We are children of God. God changed Moses' life four times in, in, in what we know of Moses' story. He went from a Hebrew to a ba- Hebrew baby to a child of Pharaoh's daughter. He held a position in the palace. He was in that position because God wanted him to use him to lead his people. So if, if Mo- Moses' mother had not put him in the basket and sent him down the river to Pharaoh's daughter then God would not have had Moses to use. It was all part of God's plan. All part of God's plan. Second, he was a shepherd tending someone else's sheep. I think, this is my opinion, this is because this is what Moses' purpose was, is to shepherd God's sheep. And just like sheep, real sheep, (laughs) God's people can be cantankerous like sheep. They're hard to herd. They're hard to keep focused. They, they, they get distracted and move off to other places just like God's people do. But up until this point, he had most likely attached his identity to, the, to his purpose, which would have been husband, father, shepherd. God was fixing to change that. And the last thing he was called by God to be was the, the messenger and the leader of his people. Even though his purpose had changed, his identity remained the same. He was still a child of God. That happens to us. I can tell you that my purpose has changed several times over the years. I went from from, uh, not being a child of God to being a child of God. Some people here were around when that happened. Then I went from just being a pew sitter to a deacon and then from a deacon to more of a leader, and then from a leader to a basically a field pastor. And my identity, or my purpose has changed. My identity has remained the same. I'm still a child of God, no matter what. But when God called Moses to be a messenger of his people, to his people, this is where it gets interesting, because if you all know the story about the burning bush. Just imagine that in life today. Just imagine you're walking along and you see this bush burning, but it's not burning up. That's an amazing sight to see. Could you imagine hearing God's voice in that bush? I, don't, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I can't imagine what it would be like hearing God telling me what I was standing on was holy ground. I couldn't imagine that let alone God physically speaking to me to tell me what I need to do. Nowadays, we listen to the Holy Spirit. But how would you feel if God told you to go somewhere where you were hated? Where you were wanted for murder? Where people wanted to kill you? How would that make you feel? I wouldn't feel very good about that. I think uh, I might have to protest as Moses did. He asked God, who am I that I should? That's an interesting question. How many of us have asked that question? Who am I that I should? You're basically questioning God's authority. You're questioning what God has for you and the power that God's given you. He was suffering an identity crisis because he had forgotten that the season that he was in did not change his identity. His purpose was changing. But how many of us will say this, and I've said this plenty, especially when God called me to do what I'm doing right now. God, I want to do your will as long as it is this or that. Or it doesn't include this or that. How many of us have said, I want to do your will as long as it's in my own community? As long as I don't have to go to Haiti or Honduras or Africa or wherever to do your will? I've said it. I'm still in Webster County. (laughs) We hope we can stay here, but you never know. 
But for Moses, God said, it's time to come out of the rest and work as a child of God. When God changes our purpose, it can be very scary. Moses was scared. He was being sent back, like I said, somewhere where he was wanted for murder. Somewhere where people hated him. He'd just been hanging out with the sheep. No real responsibility other than keeping these, these sheep all together and keeping them fed, keeping them watered. But at first Moses was excited to hear God's voice because he said, when, when God said, Moses, Moses, God, Moses said, here am I. I want to hear what God has to say. But what's the first thing he started doing? He started protesting what God had to say. He came up with excuses. Uh, pardon me, I lost my spot. In these verses, he came up with a lot of excuses. And God shot them all down. If you read the entire story, God shot every one of them down. He even gave him someone to go speak for him when he said, I, couldn't, I can't speak. I mean, he, he, every protest Moses put out there, God shot down. But whether Moses was in a high and powerful palace or a shepherd watching someone else's sheep, he was still a child of God. And this kind of makes me think of Saul. You know the story of Saul. He was persecuting Christians, killing Christians. He thought he was doing the will of God. He thought he was doing it. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was, you know, he was it. And God changed his purpose just like that. Maybe he gave him purpose. We don't know. But how scary would that be? He'd been such a powerful man, and all of a sudden he was blind. And he was told to go to a city where he was hated and see a man who most surely would have been scared of him, and God gave him direction. He went and he'd done it. And look at where Paul wound up. A great man of God. Sometimes we have to put that fear behind us. It's pretty tough to put fear behind you when God changes your purpose. I, I've never been a public speaker, ever. Used to, when I used to get in front of people, my ears would turn red. When I had hair, you couldn't see it, but my scalp would turn red. I'd get all nervous, and it may be that way now, I don't know, because I can't see. But I feel like I'm doing what God needs me to do, what he wants me to do. And I take comfort in that. When God calls you to do something difficult, if you will rely on him, he will bring you through it. He will take your weaknesses, and he will make them strengths. All you got to do is give him the glory. I once heard a quote from a businessman who was buying a business, and he said the guy he bought it off of said, I got one piece of advice for you. Your goal is to be so successful that everyone will know it could only be God because you're not that smart. <laughs> I like that because, you know, I'm not that smart. The third thing I'd like to say is, is that even though we may not know who we are, even though we may face an identity crisis, God always knows who he is. He never has an identity crisis, and he will be the same every time, no matter what. When God told Moses, I am who I am, if you look at Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 8, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So when God said, I am who I am, he is saying that he is all-encompassing, self-sufficient, all-knowing. He was here before all, and he will be here when all is gone. We'll be living with him in paradise if we're saved. By, by saying, I am who I am, he is also saying, I am all things to all people. Whatever you need, I provide. He knows what we need even before we do. When he delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, he said, I am your bondage breaker. 
when he fed them manna in the wilderness, he said, I am your provider. When he was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and in the lion's den with Daniel, he said, I am your protector. We sang that song this morning, There's Another in the Fire. He's there with you. He's your protector. They may be able to physically harm you, but they cannot take your soul. They cannot take your salvation. You're there. When he sent Jesus to us, he said, I am love. When Jesus laid down his life on that cross, he said, I am your sacrifice. The only way we can make it to heaven, because we're not good enough, is through that sacrifice. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, I am your resurrection. And when he told the thief on the cross that today I'll be with you, you'll be with me in paradise, he told us just how easy it is to become a child of God. It doesn't take science. It doesn't take history. It doesn't take anything that this earth offers other than the miracle of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection to give you the salvation you need to get to heaven. Science can't control it. Government can't control it. It doesn't matter. The only way to become a child of God is to accept that sacrifice. If you want to change the world, it must start with you. If you're not a child of God, today's the day. Today is the day. We don't know what the next minute holds, the next day, the next year. We could all be gone in, in that quick. We don't know. And once that happens, it's too late. If you haven't accepted it then, nobody can do it for you. You're done. It'll also help you live a great life here on earth. Because all of those things that I've talked about, about our identity, all those things that God provides, come with being a child of God. It's your inheritance. We talk about inheritance as being heaven. But we also have an inheritance here on earth. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living in our lives that helps us when the political tides turn, when our government isn't doing the right thing. When we see murder rates rise, we see crime rise, we see uh, the sexuality movement and the way it's attacking our Christian fundamentals. God's here with us. He will help us through that. Or if you're already a Christian, if you let sin in your life rob you of your joy in Christ, today's the day. You will never lose your, ident your uh, identity, but you can wander. Today's the day to turn around. No matter how far you wander from Christ, no matter how dark it is, as you move forward in whatever it is you're in, all you got to do is turn around and the light's there. I don't know if anybody's ever walked at dark and, and walked away from a street light into the darkness and how dark it is. But as soon as you turn around, it's all illuminated. It's all light. That's the way it is when we turn back around to Christ. If you've been denying a calling that God has on your life, answer it today. We can do, do no more of a loving thing in this world than being a messenger of God. We're living in a lost and dying world without Christ. And it just keeps getting worse. The best thing we can do for this world is to share Christ with it. Through our testimony, through our actions, through the things we say, the things we do, the love we give to those who are unlovable. That's a tough one for me. I have a hard time loving those I disagree with at a high level. And I'm sure a lot of you do too. It's, it's pretty tough. But we can feed families. We can visit troubled couples or just be an ear to hear. There's lots of non-Christians out there that do that as well. The difference is, is we have a gospel to share. And if we're not sharing it, if we're not sharing Christ's love, we're not doing it. But it's not always easy. I got one more quote that I want to talk about. I don't know if you all remember Amy Coney Barrett. She's a Supreme Court justice. 
during her confirmation, I was watching uh, her confirmation hearing, and I heard her say this when she was asked what she thought about being sitting in that chair, being confirmed in the process. She said, I am not the only person who could do this job, but I was asked, and it would be difficult for anyone, so why should I say someone else should do the difficulty if the difficulty is the only reason for saying no? I should serve my country, and my family is all in on that because they share my belief in the rule of law. Now, she's a lawyer talking about a Supreme Court justice. We could just as easily apply that to our Christian life. We could say, if the only reason for saying no is the difficulty, then I should serve my Lord. And where I should start is with my family. My family should be all in on this. You need to get your own household in order and go out and spread the gospel. If it weren't for the support of my family, I wouldn't be able to do the things I do. They're my biggest fans, my biggest encouragers. But we're all on the same page. We're all on the same page that we should be sharing Christ. But today's the day. We're going to have an invitation. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now's the time. If you need to get back to where you used to be, now's the time. Can we have the musicians up? Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. It is our reasonable service to spread the gospel. You don't have to be a preacher to do it. You don't have to be a musician to do it. You don't have to be anything special. And just as Moses said, I don't speak well, let your actions speak. And speak when you can. If you have something on your heart, the altar's open. Today's the day. said something that resonated with my heart. I have a brother that goes to Crossway in Springfield. He's on the worship team, and he wrote a song called The Turn. And Earl just talked about all you got to do is turn around. Right? Right. And it reminded me of Travis' song. So guys, don't wait. Christians, brothers, sisters, let's give it to God and get on with it. He is just for me. Love's like a
It's over. Don't mean you can't still come. Sure. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you again for an opportunity that I get to serve you, Lord. Let me never take it for granted. Lord, let me make the turn when I'm struggling with my sin, Lord. Forgive me for my sin, Father. Father, I pray for that one out here that's like me that struggles. I pray for that one who's completely living in sin. I pray, Lord, that somebody in this room or that your Holy Spirit will just light them up and share your love like you shared it with me. Father, I love you. It's in your wonderful name I pray.